1: Oi the boys on footy prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language and sometimes tales are quite adult in nature so keep the volume down if there are kiddies around and thank you for listening oh
2: let's go booty, booty. it's time to get this party started booty, booty. it's time to get this party started you know that we are the number one show. So you're fucking nits and now it's time to go Cause it's the foodie foodie It's time to get this party started It's the foodie foodie It's time to get this party started With Danny, Jimmy, Craig, and Jimmy, JC All we know and all we talk about is footy, foodie It's time to get this party started tonight
4: You're listening to FP Interviews In-depth conversations with interesting people Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix so we thought today we'd go a bit rogue, we'd invite someone onto the show that's the very antithesis of this podcast. You see, I guess today is actually a real professional broadcaster. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> oh. You know, I knew the second the I figured out those day idiots day. wouldn't <laughs> understand what the word antithesis. means. Your private school you can- education, that we call it antithesis here?
1: Sharms, you could barely say it. Hey, listen,
4: that's like, no, anything more than four syllables I have issues with. I think antithesis is is doable for me. What it means is the opposite, okay? You freaking morons. It means the opposite of us, right? So we're getting on a real professional broadcaster today. I tell you, I'm I'm embarrassed for you all now. I really am. You guys have a little iPod. You call (laughs) me professional. He's one of the best. There he is. He's right up there on the Canadian sports media, Mount Rushmore, along with Dan Wong. It's TSN's James Duthie. James, welcome to the show. Um, Already, I have to apologize on behalf of my cohorts here, but uh, how the hell did Wanga convince you to join us today?
0: Uh, I I think he was high on the golf course and didn't even know what he was doing, I think, basically.
2: Mm. (laughs) I'm a good cuddler. James doesn't (laughs) talk about this very much, but I'm his preferred half-Asian cuddler.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i have a
0: long list of half asian cuddlers like you do you do it I a, one. i'm
1: at the top
0: <laughs> no i mean i uh look at i uh am getting ready for the world cup now and i'm, I'm fully aware uh that uh, all the people in these little brady bunch boxes around me are much more knowledgeable so i only came on to learn so i'm just going to shut up
4: and listen to you guys if you don't mind Hey, listen, if you want to actually interview us, go right ahead. I mean, that's more okay. natural.
0: We're, we're, we're fine with that as well. Let's talk about the back line for Morocco. Go.
1: Okay, Jimmy. I'm like, Take uh, it away, Jimmy. I'd like to answer that one. <laughs> well,
5: they're all born in either Belgium, Spain, or Holland. but Well, some of them, haven't they? Oh, also hello. true. Yeah. There's a couple born in Morocco
4: but jim so you're off to qatar though right you're, you're heading out there and i assume you'll yeah. be there for the duration of, of canada's experience right i'm uh i'm probably not
0: going to be there for the entire time we've talked about it back and forth but if i'm what it wasn't the final like the december 20th or something and 18. uh yeah so i'd be in. i have to go to the world juniors like the 22nd in mm-hmm. halifax so it didn't really work so I'm going to be there as long as Canada is going to be there and, uh, and following the Canadian team. So Luke and the and the true soccer professionals on our team will be handling uh, most of the heavy duties and I'll be sort of embedded with the Canadian team, which that sounded a lot more official than I am because they won't let us anywhere near them. <laughs> but, you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Meaning I'll be at practice every day and I'll host uh, I'll host all the Canadian games and we're doing three-hour pregame shows for the Canadian games. So I can't wait. It's one of the things I've always wanted to do. I hosted the Women's World Cup when it was in Canada a few years ago, but I'm, it's one of the big things on my bucket list that I've never been able to cover is a World Cup, and to be able to cover this one with the Canadians in it is is unbelievable.
5: Yeah, what an opportunity for you, James. Is it, I mean, you've you've been fantastic your whole career. I mean, I remember you going back to you know the Vancouver Olympics and how well received you were there, and 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 so on. But uh, yeah, an opportunity. But uh, like you'd say nice. about knowledge, but when your position is really a completely different position though, isn't it? Then it's going to be for Caldwell and those guys like right. your job is to be able to professionally put this thing to air and and make it work. <laughs> and, uh, and that's a much different situation though, isn't it?
0: It is. And, and it's not just that I think, but uh, you know, we're we're going to have, as you guys know, like I have tons of respect for the diehard footy fans in Canada of which there are tons, but you're going to get, Uh, a ton of people like this will be the most watched you know probably football games in the the nation's history I would assume right when Canada plays oh yeah and so you're going to get a lot of people that uh, don't sit there on the weekends and watch La Liga or Bundesliga or whatever maybe don't even watch MLS and our job is to just tell the stories of this Canadian team and these Canadian players as as much Mm -hmm. as possible so uh, um, hopefully we can do that and I can be a little bit of a part of that.
3: You got some of those people on the show too, James. Jimmy, when was
0: the last time you watched a Bundesliga game? <laughs> you know the hard part of uh, The hard part I have, uh, you know, like I said, I, I have a ton of respect for diehard footy fans, but the one thing that has been a challenge in my work, you know, the pronunciations, right? And we mm-hmm. deal with this in hockey all the time. Like at the World Juniors, you get a bunch of Slovak and and Czech kids that you've never heard of before. They're 16, 17 years old. And a few years ago, we started this project whereby the PR people would basically do a voice memo of the entire rosters and send it to you. And it's obviously completely different pronunciations from the way that we pronounce in in North America, where for ages we've bastardized foreign names uh, regularly. Uh, but we've made an attempt at the World Juniors to pronounce them closer to the way they're going to be pronounced, obviously a little bit anglicized and Canadian. So I tried when we had the we, we, I was part of the World Cup draw show we did on TSN and I tried to do the same thing. So I would go to the YouTube and such and try and get the authentic pronunciations and names. And then I got yelled at by all the Canadian fans because it's not the way. So I, I, that's my advice. I want like say De Bruyne, for example. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, that's the way you hear it most of the time, although I'm sure you guys might have different pronunciations on here. But if you go on and hear Kevin say it, he says, he says it like the Bruna. So am I supposed to go De Bruna, or am I supposed to go De Bruna? Or can I never win? Help. KDB. You can, you can go with can KDB. the as as yeah, I don't think you can ever win
5: on that. I mean, I remember having that with uh, guys in the Canadian team, Ante Jassic. Right or Joe Sackick for the hockey world, right? I mean, that's not right. pronounced properly, not
0: by where their country. You know, it's it's not a hard C, right? I mean, I think you just you might as well go with the way we the commentators do it, mostly on the weekends. But it's uh it's yeah. it's it's a it's a, and when you add you know thirty two teams times whatever players, it's. uh <laughs> Yeah, that's where I find one of the greatest challenges. Yeah. Hey, you
1: you'll be okay with the Croatians. Just add a Vich at the end, a, right. a vich. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, yeah, I was a in, hard... so I uh, I was in Croatia for uh, uh, about ten days back in September, which was a little bit of work, mostly fun. Um, long story short, but my sister's sailing, sold her house and bought a boat, and they were sailing around Croatia. So I went to join her, but I did some stuff for TSN while I was there, and basically I was talking to Croatians. About the World Cup and mostly about Canada, and so I was getting a good lesson. I actually watched the Croatia Austria game in a bar at a marina in this small little marina town on an island with like fifteen diehard Croatian guys, like exactly what you'd picture some seventy year old guy smoking cigarettes against a wall, <laughs> talking to me about Croatian football, which was amazing.
1: That's um, fantastic.
0: Yeah, it was it was a it was a really cool night, and they looked so good, by the way. Like I'm sure you guys have talked about it, but this whole I when the draw happened, I remember this this storyline about the Croatia being old. And <laughs> first of all, they're not old, and they're awesome. But uh, yeah. but it was funny. Like I it, talk every single Croatian I talked to. You know, first of all, they're that's a crazy football country. But all they knew about Canada was. They either knew Alfonso Davies or knew there was a good Canadian player, uh, and and yeah. they knew um, they knew our keeper because he was Serbian. And I don't think you could. I mean, there's rivalry in sports, but what Croatia and Serbia? That's not a rivalry. That's hatred of war and genocide mm-hmm. and and all those things. And so they knew about Borián and they knew about uh-huh. Davies, and there was an instant rivalry. Like, they told me that it was big news when, when the draw happened and Canada drew Croatia, that the, the basic headline was Canada's keeper is, uh, uh, was born in Serbia. Or, sorry, he wasn't born in Serbia, but has a Serbian background. But
4: anyway, um, yeah. so that's fascinating. You know the Canadian sporting public oh, as well as any, you know. Um, what do you expect the World Cup to do to this country? Is it going to be this, this, this soccer fest, you think, within Canada for those two and a half weeks, maybe longer?
0: I think it is. Uh, I really do. I, I know TSN is counting on it being that for sure. Uh, I, I mean, I rem- 86, uh, Craig and I have had this discussion. I, my, I was, I was, I, I played a ton of soccer and that was sort of my last year. I think I was 20, uh, that I played. And I remember what a huge deal it was when Canada made it for the first time. And that team had basically no hope. Right. And the fact that where the world is now, um, and how big the game has exploded worldwide and in North America, and the fact that Canadians are good and have a decent chance at doing something, at least getting a result or scoring a goal, unlike they did in 86. Um, It was, it was huge back then. I think it'll be tenfold this time around. And if somehow, if somehow they can get a result in one of the first two matches and have, have something on the line in that last game against Morocco to advance, I can't, and I, I can't even imagine uh, how crazy the country's going to be. So I, I really do think um, the buildup with, with qualifying, um, there was just a sort of slow, steady build. And, and by the time it got to the last the last few matches when it was clear they were going to qualify, I, I think you, got, you, know, you guys I think you could really feel it around the country. So I think it's going to bring millions of people that uh, have not cared about the game to at least care about that game for those three weeks or hopefully a month or however long they're involved.
2: I was going to say, uh, James, it was amazing to me. You amaze me all the time, but that you got TSN to sign off on a all paid expense trip to Croatia <laughs> on, on a, on, on a boat with your sister. And yeah. then they got to expense it. So congratulations. That was know. pure. I
0: didn't get to expense one thing on that trip. <laughs> I did a volunteer sign. I didn't even get a per diem.
2: No. It
3: was research, Wonger. It was re- no. He's a professional. It yeah. was a research trip. Yes. Yeah. We know
5: you struggle to afford that as well, James.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so boat boat cruises aren't cheap, are they?
5: <laughs> <laughs> Being in Qatar is gonna be pretty
3: special, but aren't you sad that you're gonna miss out on seeing, you know, everyone uh at the at the hub? Who becomes a soccer expert like that assignment desk coordinator that all of a sudden knows exactly <laughs> yeah. what morocco's backline is all about like that yeah. i think that's a, that's going to be a sad thing to miss out
0: on uh, you guys must just really roll your eyes because this happens all the time i know like guys on the hockey panel like jeff o'neill will yeah. if i was there be going like why why are they doing that why are they playing him there this is, <laughs> this is a, a joke impression. get yeah.
4: the off
3: <laughs> yeah like i want to know like what do we, what does craig button really think about portugal's attacking front? a hey, three craig's
4: a big greek fan greece you'll, fan actually you'll probably hear Huge. about
0: it trust me I, it's always the best thing about you know anything like this right it happens whenever there is a uh, a team or a sport it happens in the olympics all the time right where we start bitching about decathlon or something and uh yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, you guys will, that'll be your, that's your curse that you have to deal with is all your friends that aren't diehard fans. Like you
4: asking you those questions. I remember <laughs> watching a Euro 2000 at the score. Um, and Craig, Craig button was an analyst at the time um, with, with I think Steve Kulius back in those days. Right. And he was immersed in Euro. He loved it. So uh, Craig knows his footy. I, I'll say that right now. Um, so, so when you're in Qatar, I mean, how, how close do we have to keep you, yeah, to the, the leaf news cycle. We, I will completely try find I'll games, completely ignore
0: it. No, I won't. <laughs> I'm gonna be completely invested in World Cup and then I'll come back and be an embarrassment for my first two leaf broadcasts or whatever <laughs> when I return. <laughs> it actually happens every year when we do the World Juniors, the World Juniors, you know, basically from December twentieth till January fifth, I'm completely immersed in the World Juniors. And then I'll come home and the next night have to host a leaf game and besides, you know, looking at the uh uh, the, the Score app or the TSN app the next day to find out uh, what happened. I have no idea what's gone on in the games. But uh, the, the great part about being a host uh, is that you can fake it, as you know. <laughs> so um, what did you guys think
4: about that game last <laughs> night? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah it's, no, it's, it's, not, about it's, knowing, it's about knowing the, the, the enough to know the right answers to ask. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> kind of, like the right questions to ask, right? Well, it is. And, 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 and I think you, that's... You lean on your analysts.
0: No, in all seriousness, and that's your job. And I think that's the balance I have to strike when I'm over there is that to me, I've always taken the role of host besides being the traffic cop and getting you from A to B and hopefully introducing features and all that is you're basically playing the role of the people watching. And it's tricky in, in football in an event like this, because I want to ask questions that are relevant to guys like you and get answers that are relevant to guys like you but I also need to ask questions that are relevant to Fred and Martha in Saskatchewan who are watching the game for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's always the, the trickiest balance in doing what we do. And uh, mm-hmm. um, like I said, we're not going to dumb it down because I have way too much respect for the hardcore football fans in our country, but it, it's striking that balance of, uh, you know, giving really good information but information that can be absorbed by both the experts and people that are maybe watching for the first time.
5: Yeah, that's a really good point. I and mean, I think as an analyst, I always thought about that too and took that into account uh, that really during the World Cup, I mean, the hardcore fans, if you look at the ratings for, say, Champions League at three, 300,000, something like that in Canada, mm-hmm. those are sort of your diehard fans. And then you right. get the World Cup where you get 3, 4, 5 million people watching it okay so you can figure out the odds of that how many people are actually there that are watching it because of the event and not really hardcore so that's probably, not- 80,
0: probably 80 to 90 percent yes right? Really yeah. yeah the world cups uh a- but again like i i think it's important craig that you you, you cannot because of those 89 you can't forget that other 15 percent that have you know watch every single game and oh, yeah. and this is the biggest event every four years for them and so like I said, I, we're very cognizant of that, and, and uh, hopefully, we'll strike a decent balance.
1: So, how's how's your lingo going? you are not going to be saying <laughs> the Canadians dumped it down the channel and whipped it into the creek. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I do. You know, when I, I used to slip in, I, I've been fortunate enough to cover like the the TFC runs in the th- the three seasons they've gone. They've kind of flipped me over to that, and I remember uh, I think it was the game in it at, in Atlanta. Um. Maybe on their last run. I think though the year that they lost uh, to Seattle in Seattle, and and uh, I, I think I threw I threw a goalie or something in there once by me. Like they do slip out <laughs> once in a while here, and my buddies were giving me a hard time. So I'm sure I, you guys can have a little drinking game at home uh, to every time I I'd make a slip up like this because I will I will will admit that I will make I will make multiples. <laughs> I don't think so.
4: No, Did you, you say three hour it? pregame shows?
0: Yes, three-hour pregame oh, show.
4: Sorry. How the hell are you doing sorry, that? I'll, I'll, I'll take low. that back. <laughs> uh
0: hey. Phil, trade, dead, trade deadline, we do 12 <laughs> hours every year, so um, three hours is nothing. No, I think what – and it, it's going to be interesting because those – obviously, there'll be other matches on during, right? So mm. I, I don't know how many people will be watching this, but back to that same conversation where – uh, I don't know who's on. Let's say, for instance, the Canada or Croatia game, which I think is on the Sunday, right? The second game, which will probably be our biggest audience, just timing-wise. The fact that it's on a Sunday, um, so we're doing three hours in the morning. I don't know what the game is before that, but the die-hard footy fans will be watching the, uh, the the game, and I would say that you know other people that are just interested in Canada will be watching our our three-hour pregame show. So mm-hmm. there's That's the divide there. Good. My only street, has, cred, has, my has, biggest street cred in Canadian soccer is that. So I played for the Gloucester Hornets, represent great club <laughs> in 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 Ottawa growing up, woo-hoo. and and my dad was the president of the uh, of the Gloucester, uh, the ultimate nepotism. The only time I, the only reason I made the top rep team every year is my dad was the president of the association. <laughs> so and he uh, also and, co- me, and he also coached me. He
5: should have talked to Sharms dad because he always
4: got dumped to the other team. I did, yeah. yeah. I was, your dad loves you more than my dad loves me, I guess. <laughs> well, You've got daddy issues. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Come cuddle
4: with me, Sharps.
1: Why does daddy well, keep treating me? Daddy, stop I will treating me. Say,
0: <laughs> yeah, there's probably truth to it because my dad coached me to, I think, 16. Whatever it was, like juniors. How did it go? Like Bantam junior, senior back in the day. And uh, so then... Uh, he, he gave up and went back to coaching at a young age. And I had a coach named Ian Willie. Ian Willie, shout out to Ian Willie, young Sc- Scottish man from Ottawa. Dang. And Ian Willie, uh, he kept me on as an underager on the team the first year, and then he cut me the next year. And that actually ended my soccer career because I was so upset with Ian Willie. But he was probably right. I wasn't that good. And my dad probably just kept me on all those years. But um, my dad, they made a what was, uh, I guess, Soccer Canada back then, or the Canadian Soccer Association was the name they made a, a film about coaching and starring my dad. So the film was called Jim Duffy soccer coach. And it was, you know, back in the days of actual films, we had like film crews at our house shooting us eating breakfast and my dad talking to me about the game. And then they filled this elaborate game sequence with our Gloucester Hornets team. So I'm desperate for somebody to find it. It was probably 1979 or 1980. And I don't have a copy of it, but somewhere deep in the Canada Soccer Archives, there's a film called uh, Jim Duffy Soccer Coach, which I think they showed to all the coaches when you try to get registered to be a coach, you you would watch that film for the next probably 10 years. So uh, that's uh, that's my only soccer cred in, in Canada is
1: being See, a coach you're, well, you're more
2: connected to it than you thought. And JD, <laughs> no. all you have to do is email the CSA. They get right back to you right away.
1: <laughs> it's like, oh,
4: <laughs> was that when you first uh, saw the glamour of the big screen and thought that's right i want to be when, involved in that that's when i i think my
0: line in the film was uh my dad said james uh, finish
4: your shreddies and go get the balls and i said sure dad that was my line <laughs> <laughs> my one line in the movie So when you look at, you know, soccer and compare it to hockey, and in Mm -hmm. this country, obviously, it's growing so much. Um, Hockey will always be number one. I don't think that's going to change, obviously. But is there something hockey can learn uh, from soccer overseas? When I see the chance, you watch the World Juniors, for example, in Europe, you hear the chance in in the arenas. It sounds amazing, right? That's the one thing I wish that we could transfer over to the North American arenas. 100%. Like you watched, say, the Leafs uh, last night. I don't know when
0: you're putting this out, but – playing Arizona and I mean it's it's actually the arena has been better the last few years when the team's been good but there's still nights like that where it's just it's just deadly deadly quiet and I I think I've been to I think three games overseas one in Prague uh, one in Sweden and Stockholm and I've been to actually a game in Paraguay uh, I can't even tell you the clubs, and but I just wanted to go to the game. And I was with my kid once and my wife once and just to experience pro soccer. And all of them were amazing. You know, at whatever level it is, the chanting and the yelling. Paraguay was actually a little bit scary, to be honest with you. Uh, but that, you know, the fact that you can go no matter what the league or what the level is and it be crazy like that. And you can't at the top level in in hockey, where in the NHL, you, you can often go to a game and it's just you're glued to your seats and you know in dead quiet is is a, I think a big problem. I don't know that you, I don't know that it will ever transfer, but uh, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the huge things that the game has over hockey is that the environment. There's absolutely no comparison to going to a good football yeah. match overseas and then and going to a hockey game. Actually, they do do it. You're right. Like you know, in Latvia or something, the Latvians get up and scream the whole game at hockey games when they make the world juniors, but it's pretty rare.
1: I would love to see, I would love to see this one day, probably never ever happen, but a Leafs and Habs game and have the Habs sitting in one section and all the Leaf fans sitting together. Right. Create A wicked atmosphere.
0: Then I think it'd be lively. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I think some of the outdoor games have had a little, you know, more like that. Um, a couple that I've been to, but it's still, it, there's no comparison between hockey and, and football that way.
5: Do you think it comes down to a bit too? I mean, it's very much a, it's still a working man sport football and the ticket yeah, prices are- A thousand horrible. bucks to
0: go to a Leaf game and take somebody
5: yeah. with it. Yeah, that's right. You're going get some guy getting creative and okay, we're going to start chanting here. The guy beside you is too busy talking about this corporate company next, you know, and everything else that's going on in the staff. Yeah,
0: that's part of it. But, you know, junior hockey is not that expensive and you still have- it's yeah. still just the way it is. I just think we're raised in this country and to, you know, to sort of sit on our hands and yell at the refs and that's about it. <laughs> yeah.
3: I actually think that you know, part of the the fan inclusion as opposed to having them segregated as we see in soccer is the idea that then you wouldn't have crowd issues in North America because I think you'd intensify the rivalry if the if Red Sox fans were here. Yankees fans were there. Habs fans had to sit on this side. Leafs fans had to sit on that side. I think there's this fear that you would just intensify and uh, encourage uh, in a more abrasive violence between the two fan groups.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it would be cool to see, though, anyway. I don't know. There's so much secondary market with tickets and such that I don't Mm -hmm. know how you do it. How do they do that in Europe? Like, how do you... Is it just a distinguished... Like, if you're buying something off, uh, you know, one of those sites... How Do you do? You ever have fans that end up in the wrong side or the wrong spot? Yeah, and they get kicked out really
2: quickly. <laughs> real quick.
1: Yeah. Beat up and kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, your, that's a great question,
2: though. Is it through the club? Like, does the club or the nation's federation? Yeah, and
1: a lot of the times the club, the away fans will get allocated certain amount of tickets. So they might say, okay, we've got 3,000 tickets available for yeah. the away supporters. And then you buy your tickets for them. And then you go on the bus with the rest of the fans or train, whatever it may be. Yeah, you buy it through your own club. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah,
2: the, they've got the Charms uh, just jumped out. So I'm gonna switch this up a little quickly. This is one of the sports that you've always wanted to cover: the World right. Cup as an event. Mm-hmm. What's the other Mount Rushmore? Is is this the last one? Is it the World Equestrian? Uh, <laughs> what, like, what, what is this? What sport do you not know that you want to be? <laughs> you should be covering. It just brought back a memory. I did equestrian once.
0: No, in, in uh, <laughs> it was like a you know in the early days of TSN, you you took whatever gigs they gave you, and I did an equestrian event, and I was the play-by-play guy for it. It was just up in Newmarket or something, and I had no idea how to call equestrian.
2: Well, right? how do you? What did you? So,
0: well, all I did basically was. Uh, when when the guy knocked over a uh, one of the things, I just went, oh, <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. We know so, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. So it would be like this. It would be like, uh, uh, here's uh, Brendan Dunlop and his horse, Wonger. All right. Oh, they're <laughs> over the first jump. Well done on the second. Ooh, <laughs> that's not good. That's basically how I call it, uh, how I call the question.
2: You say <laughs> longer the long than the horse? <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's Brendan riding me. Yeah, that'd be or definitely. There's a, ooh. there's a there's a visual
0: for the listeners. Yeah, that'd be an ooh. Um, Boy, I I don't uh, longer. I don't want to answer this question because I feel
2: like if I say this is it, then they'll no. Just I kick, don't want kick, you to kick, say, you know kick what me is, out to so, pasture. What else would looked, you like to do? <laughs> text, I, I remember texting you one time because we golfed early Mm -hmm. in the year together. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I saw was you were at the masters. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, you said, I forgot that you were at the masters and I'm watching it. And there's James doing the masters, the three guys. And then, so you've done that obviously all the hockey and I'm always like, what sport is there that you like, have you ever done the super bowl? Yeah, I do. So uh, one of the things, is that it?
0: Yeah. I've been super, super lucky. Um, in, and one of the things when, when TSN lost the, the hockey rights, I guess, eight years ago now to, to Rogers, uh, in some ways it was uh, a weird kind of blessing life. for me. <laughs> it was a rough couple of weeks, but I, I had never gotten into this to be a hockey broadcaster. Uh, I suppose if you'd asked me my, my first dream way back when, little 15-year-old James, it was probably to do football play-by-play american football like to do nfl play-by-play or or cfl play-by-play or whatever but i was always a sort of a generalist who loved all sports like i love soccer i love football i love hockey and so when when i was offered the the job of hosting uh national hockey in 2003 i guess i'd done a bunch of sports before that but it's hard to say no to that in this country obviously and and i so i i said yes to it but and so that's all i did for whatever the next 10 years or something and then when we lost the rights it Uh, TSN sort of came and said um, what would you like to do and I say well I'd like to cover you know whatever big events you'll let me cover essentially and so since then I've been doing I I do a lot of hockey still but uh, I do the Super Bowl I do the Grey Cup I do the Masters I'll do Olympics whenever it works with CBC or whatever so and I've 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 loved that so much because that's to me, that's the juice is to, to cover big events like that. So, mm-hmm. and all the things that, you know, I, I never thought I'd dream, you know, when dreaming growing up that I'd ever get a chance to cover. So I've covered all four masters, in, all four majors in, in, uh, in golf, uh, like Super Bowls. And so this was really at the top of the list. I'd, maybe you'd like to cover U.S. Open uh, tennis mm-hmm. at some point, maybe, or, or Wimbledon, mm-hmm. but uh the world cup for the last 20 years has been the thing I really wanted to cover. And this is the first time I've, it's worked out schedule wise and everything that TSN's had the rights. So, um, yeah, this is, this is, and with am super in it, is, yeah
5: is absolutely amazing tell it's amazing. us this backtrack because i know you've you, the masters and we we love golf and we play mm-hmm. quite a bit of golf together you love right. golf uh, you have, <laughs> you you love golf not yeah. we as a program you love golf <laughs> well i know james
0: does as well he plays more than i do is that's possible. i'm obsessed with golf and i'm not you know i'm a very average golfer uh but i love the game, and I'll, I probably watch more golf than I watch of any other sport, which is ridiculous. I don't really? know why. Yeah. I'll watch like if some, you know, the women's NCAA's are on Golf Channel, I'll find myself for three hours watching, yeah. which is ridiculous. But yeah,
5: I do too. But at the end of the event, they stick all the media into a hat, don't they? And then they pull out a certain number, and they all get a chance to play Augusta mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the following day. Um, you had
0: that opportunity, right? What was, the, what was that like? Aren't yeah, i had it twice. Uh, no, just once. Just so yeah, so you're right. It's the on um, the Sunday of the Masters. Uh, they pick, I don't know what it is, maybe 20, 30 guys get chosen. There's probably 4,000 media members there. But if you take away all the non-golfers, like there's probably maybe, a, I don't know, maybe there's 1,000 people that are interested in doing it. And, and if you win, you can't play again for seven years. So if you go every year, eventually your odds get decent. And so I think it was five years ago. It was the year that Jordan Spieth put two in the water on 12 and Danny Willett won. Right. Um, that I, I had a feeling cause almost everybody in my crew had already played. So I thought I had a decent chance and I brought my clubs with me and, and it's really cool. You're in the broadcast center on Sunday morning and there's a guy in there with a green jacket at the time, his name was Lee. So he's sort of a master's official and he hadn't talked to me ever basically. And he walked into our office and said, uh, Hey James. And I, as soon as he walked in, I kind of knew. And he hands me this envelope and it's just like yes. a beautiful wedding invitation it says you're to report to Magnolia lane at, uh, you know, nine 30 tomorrow morning. Wow. And I was instantly, I probably, if you were to look back at my commentary on the masters that day, I was probably the worst because I couldn't even, I didn't even care. <laughs> All I was doing was thinking, I made Bob weeks, walk the golf course with me and give me tips on, you know, where am I going to hit this from Bob? What do we do? Do I come in low here? And, uh, <laughs> the funniest thing was so all my crew leaves in the morning because they got to catch a flight and i'm at my rental house waiting for a cab to pick me up you know putting on the carpet and just as i'm loading my clubs in i realized that the one thing i didn't check is for balls and i had one ball in my bag so i'm like holy crap so i I said the taxi driver i need to find a golf store and there was nothing open it was monday morning at like 8 a.m the only thing was open was a walmart I showed up at Augusta National with the only thing they had at Walmart was Top Flight Hot XL, which, <laughs> if you're not a golf fan, is about the cheapest of the of the, uh, of the golf balls out there. And that's what I showed up with at Augusta National. But they had these balls on the range, you know, beautiful Pro Vs with an Augusta logo. And you walk to the range, and they have all the caddies waiting for you. So my caddy was basically behind my spot. And I kind of looked at the balls and looked at the caddy and gave him a little, like, you know – and he turned he literally turned around not to face me as if to say, I know you want to take them. I just don't want to see it. And I piled about twelve of them into my <laughs> bag and stole them. So yeah, it was it was it was it was unbelievable.
4: Charles, what happened? My my wife I died, but I see Craig uh leverage the whole conversation towards golf is that what happened yeah, like what imme- like immediately yeah <laughs> well,
3: i was yeah. i was like trying to get in the weeds about pronunciations and like is it Ilya samsonov or or samsonov can we figure this out and wonger straight away wonger started it steered it towards Did golfing they? so can yeah. well, we get that I, I
2: wanted to know what do you want to you know no, like i know he, i'm teasing it was, it was well, this, this is was a good, good question though what would you guys Duffy, James has covered a lot of sport. What's your what would be the sport you'd want to cover other than World Cup? Well, we're talking about
5: Augusta. You'd the, like my, golf. Augusta being the at the Masters, uh, covering that would be yeah, yeah. I would uh, I would be that would, that would be. be, be I'm back.
4: You know what sort mine is, back. right? You know what mine is. S- the, the Stanley S- Cup. Rugby no, well, World was, Cup. That would be nice. No, it's the World Snooker Championship at the Crucible oh, Theater geez. in Sheffield. Uh, yeah. That'd be what my bucket you, list uh, to host. B, what's yours?
3: uh mine probably world series baseball was my ah. first love so i think world series gimme
1: b darts, <laughs> darts boy. A chips. <laughs>
2: about boy. I love that of sports there's, there's no more fun event sneaker. to go to right
4: get all dressed up you know, unbelievable watch the arrows James, there's look, one the, of the uh one of the professional darts guys
0: um is sorry apparently looks like me because every time darts is on, I get sent these shots so of this one of the guys, one of the superstars of darts who apparently uh, resembles me. It's not flattering either.
4: Uh, the darts uh, players yeah. aren't renowned for their, their looks, are they, actually?
1: <laughs> they're, they're not as big as what they used to be.
4: They're not. They were fat bastards back in the 80s. Eh? Eric yeah. Bristow, these boys. Yeah. Geez, fat, Jockey Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Eric Bristow, what a legend. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the British the Bulldog, wasn't he called, I think? The British Bulldog? Okay. Anyway, yeah, big, big fan yeah. back in the day. So, so you mentioned uh, the World Cup is on your bucket list. What, what, what else is on the bucket list, James? No, well, that's, oh, That was the
0: podcast.
2: But <laughs> I, I have to real. bring this up because you did bring it up. Uh, and I know we've got about five more minutes, but I wanted to bring up Hockey Canada. This is the first World Juniors with the mess of Hockey Canada uh, hanging over, dark cloud. All the mm-hmm. sponsors are leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, how has it affected the kind of play with the World Juniors? What can you share? How are you guys looking at it differently? New sponsors? Is there new sponsors to take that place? Uh, well, it's about a
0: twenty-minute answer I got for you, Wonger. So I'll try and I'll try to shorten it down. It did affect us in the um, in the summer. Remember the World Juniors, which nobody watched. I don't think in the summer because yeah. it was canceled last year because of COVID. And that the scandal had just broken probably three weeks before. So I think there was a lot of debate whether we, we should even do the tournament at the time when uh, sponsors were, were pulling out left, right, and center. We ended up doing it, which I think was the right call. We spent our entire pregame show uh, the first day uh, addressing addressing the issue and where hockey goes from here. I'll, I'll say in my mind, I hope the tournament continues to go forward because I, I'm able to separate the organization and the executives of Hockey Canada with the players. And, and you have to understand a world juniors. It's not just team Canada either. There's all these kids from all these other countries and it's a huge deal for them. For some of them, it'll be the pinnacle of their career. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, you know, what hockey Canada has done and the mistakes they have made, which are mm-hmm. egregious. Uh, I don't think the players should suffer for it. So I, you know, I'm not going to pull out of the world juniors and do any sort of personal protest. I believe we should, the tournament should go on because of the players and, and, personally i if somebody feels opposite that's totally fine with me everyone's allowed to feel exactly how they feel If they're so sick of hockey canada they don't want to watch i get it mm. but for me personally i love the hockey tournament and i'm going to be doing the hockey tournament as long as they'll let me do the hockey tournament i am able to separate that from hockey canada but obviously at least you know they've started to make some steps um they've got a long way to go i I think if they, if they were under the impression that you know getting rid of the board of directors and Scott Smith would suddenly uh, cure everything, it hasn't because some sponsors have you know, no sponsors have signed back up and apparently some are, are still considering permanently breaking ties uh, simply because of the damage done to the brand. But mm-hmm. uh, you know to me, most importantly of all of this uh, is you have to go back to, you know forget the little slush funds and all that stuff you go back to the initial incident, this thing in 2018 with eight players and a girl in a room. And I had this discussion with my son and I'm just like, we got to get to a place where a bunch of guys don't feel like it's okay. You know, whether consenting or non-consenting to be in a room with a, in an an 18 year old girl in a position like that. Like, is it, is there not somebody that's going to say, Hey guys, this is probably, this, this is probably not right. You know, exactly. And the fact that that's happened in hockey and other sports, And, you know, it's I I don't really understand the mentality of of that sort of, uh, you know, I don't know what what they think it is, um, but we got to get as, you know, young male culture has to get to the point where they respect women that something like that doesn't happen. So uh, I think that's at the crux of everything and all the corporate stuff will sort itself out.
4: True. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I'm thinking about the World Cup and the, the scandals, the controversies around that uh, migrant workers, human rights issues, right. and they're especially important issues at the same time as sports broadcasters, you know, you do also have to sometimes just focus on the sport itself.
0: Well, and this is going to be a challenge. You're bang on. And trust me, I'm thinking about this a lot. And we're going to have to address this while we're over there. We can't. I don't think we can just gloss over it. Be careful. Be very, very careful. No, I'm, I'm fully know. aware. But it yeah. has to. And look, we're not going to spend that three-hour can of the pregame show. We're not going to spend two hours looking at the controversy surrounding Qatar. I think yeah. you're right. In the end, most of our viewers want to watch the game and hear about the game and hear what formation that John Herdman has in place and so on and so forth. But I think you also have to I think you're you're irresponsible if you don't address the fact uh, somewhere in your coverage that this happened. Uh, So I think that'll be some of the work we have to do in the next month to figure that out.
4: Yeah, I think some teams, some networks will use it as a, a way to put a spotlight on those issues um, in, in a certain way. But uh, like I said before, we're, we're sports, broadcast, sports broadcasters. The average person doesn't listen to me or B, for example, to hear our, our opinions on human rights issues uh, around the world. Thankfully, <laughs> right? It's no, it's thing, it's, you know it's awkward saying? too. And whenever we get in those positions. like
0: I remember when the NHL lockout happened, and we we're talking about business every day. I'm like, this is not why I got in, took journalism yeah. to get into this business. Yeah, and it's the same with the Hockey Canada thing. I I understand the conversations and they're important, but I really like to do the games. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. Our Canadian,
5: yeah. our, our Canadian women and men's teams still have not got an agreement together yet either. So yeah. I don't and I don't see that happening even before the World Cup. I think that's gonna linger on past it, but I hope it doesn't become a thing during right. the World Cup. Right. Because yeah. that, that that could tear the only thing that could tear the team apart in the dressing room it would be a dispute with a contract that some players might agree with and others won't.
0: Yeah. Do you think, though, that the World Cup is such a stage, like you've been there, I haven't, that they'll, you know, they'll somehow agree to put it aside until.
5: Well, they'll have to because if the sanctions against them right. would be unbelievable. It would be somewhere where they don't want to go. Like club level, everything. Suspension. But
0: I'm not even talking about sanctions. I'm talking about what you're talking about, just in the dressing room. Uh, you know, even if it's quiet, it never becomes public. You right. don't want any sort of distractions like that, in yeah. especially a situation like Canada where you have to be at your absolute best.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. hey you no know what
4: France and the decided. Dutch are renowned over the years for imploding over these kind of things maybe Canada could be that team you know this is how we get on the global stage people you know we <laughs> are that right. team that implodes politically behind <laughs> the true. scenes that's you how we you know undercover. we made it that's how we know we made it exactly when we get a uh, New Jersey that's when we made it oh, yeah wow. maybe James, joke, so listen, thank you so much that for this, mate. Joke. Um, you know, I know you say that you're not, you know, a soccer guy necessarily, but, uh, you, you will kill this. I can't wait to see your coverage this World Cup. And, uh, um. thanks so much for doing this. It's been a ton of fun.
0: I, I really appreciate you guys having me on, uh, and uh, like I said, I'm a fan listener, so I'm just going to be i just going to be listening to all your old all 153 episodes or whatever just to cram. So, <laughs>
4: well, allow me to apologize in advance. Yeah. <laughs> see, boys, thanks, thanks so much for having James. me. Matt. Yeah.
1: yeah, James,
4: Dave Driver, the golf course, Better JD. All right, thank you. <laughs> that we was love. James Duffy. Yeah, great chat. Interesting. You know, we're such broadcast nerds. I know B is more than anyone the broadcast nerd on this on this show, but uh, I, I find it interesting to see how different networks. Cover different events. And I tell you what, a three-hour pre-game. I can't wait to watch it. I'm sure it'd be great, but that's a challenge. That's a lot of content. And like you said, there's other games playing. You can roll them in. in I'm sure, but still, um, man, Craig is far cry from the uh, Europa League coverage back in the day. You know, yeah. Three minutes in,
5: three minutes out. Well, that's when you guys are. You know, you're desperate for those ten-minute features. <laughs>
4: Absolutely. Yeah, Wish that You guys
5: you're okay for ten minutes. Yeah,
3: that's what I was going to, the joke I was going to make. How many Shinetti essays are they going to fill in that three <laughs> hours? Like, uh, oh, Look, hey, uh, uh, Matthew, do you want to write about uh, Morocco uh, for 17 minutes?
5: I'd love to. Perfect. Yeah, that's block two. guys.
3: Yeah. It was interesting,
5: wasn't it, what he said about being in Croatia and what they knew about Canada's team, right? Yeah.
4: Yeah, we, start, we forget that, that these football nations, Croatia and uh, Belgium and even Morocco as well, I mean, they are, they are looking into Canada right now. The fans are. Because they mm-hmm. care about who's in their group. What's all about this Canadian team? I think it's it's brilliant. Yeah,
5: and I think the Croatians, are by the sounds, they're more interested in kicking Milan in his ass because he's Serbian, right?
3: Than true. anything else. Yeah.
5: I don't think he'll be able to get away with the the time wasting.
3: I think someone will. <laughs> oh, he, or he or he'll, 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 he'll give a good try. I'm sure. Let's try it. 75 that's that's minute
4: up. or whenever he does his ankle, oh, he'll, he'll grab him by the neck and pick him up.
5: You
3: know
4: Maybe.
5: what? Uh, when he first did that, I thought he was like it was a currender. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like, I know. There's no way he's coming back. And I think I went to grab something to eat, grab some chips or something, come back. And I'm like, what? He's still playing. <laughs> That's a, unbelievable. It's a miracle.
4: It really is. And then i was like, oh,
5: okay. Oh, right. You
3: Here we go again. You're talking about me, Charms, being a broadcast nerd. And one of the things I was thinking about, I'm sure this never happens to Duffy. Uh, but it's pr- probably happened to all of us where you're speaking with someone I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I watch you on TSN. No, I've never been on TSN. No, I see you on Sports Center all the time, buddy. No, you've ne- you, I, I wish you did, but you never have. <laughs> um, a few weeks ago, I got body checked. And the guy goes, that's a TSN turning point, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm the what shittiest a guy on the ice. And I've never been on TSN. bro." Did he chase him down
4: at least? Ha ha No he, he, I wasn't making a joke I think he's back. laughing I, he's
2: laughing so he I wasn't making a joke down. Down. Did, What a pretty thing to say though I was, that, that, that did sound like a, a joke there No
4: it no, wasn't definitely. It wasn't a joke No I, I was like Did you chase him down Cross yeah. the chicken in the head You couldn't yeah, catch it, him it, it sound, How is it not a joke Like what
3: if I said Charms have you ever woken up happy Obviously that's a joke
4: Not a very good one not... <laughs> <laughs> all right boys listen we should say uh, farewell um busy week by the way football wise tons of games in the prem not arsenal man city though unfortunately they were scheduled to play but queen died which means that arsenal's game appears for you postponed that's playing this week instead so no city arsenal unfortunately is that the
2: wednesday's but all- game sorry
4: sharms is this the when all of a sudden they start playing wednesdays Well, no, there's two games today. There's a whole bunch tomorrow. It's just midweek action. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, of course, all those games you'll catch on Fubo TV, And we'll talk about them, I'm sure, in some depth on Wednesday's Footy Prime. Um, Thank you, everyone. Our thanks to James Duffy, once again, of TSN. Great chat. And he'll be heading out to Qatar in the next few weeks. And we'll be seeing him then. Okay, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that. Cheers for listening. And keep buying newspapers. Follow us
0: on Twitter at footy underscore prime